What's up guys, my name is Pauline and welcome to In Retrospect, a Twitch talk show and podcast series. Each week we'll be focusing on TV shows and movies that were the biggest phenomenons growing up, but now we're going to talk about it from an adult perspective. This is recorded live from my Twitch channel every Saturday at 2pm Eastern Time at Zuko's Bikini. So if you're listening to this after the fact on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, just know that this is completely unscripted, unedited, with lots of interaction with chat. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello. I hope this is working. I'm gonna start off every podcast asking if this is working. Hi, I know. Welcome. My background's glitching again, that's so annoying. How is everyone? Happy Saturday. <laughs> Hope everyone's having a good Saturday. Mine's okay. I I don't know. I have a bit of a migraine. And I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know why I have one. But I have one. Which is okay. We'll we'll get through it. Hi Mag, how are you? Welcome. Welcome to In Retrospect! We're here. Second episode. That's probably it. There's also, um, reasons. Just, if you're a girl, you know. Um, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, hope everyone's doing okay. Is this recording? Okay. I just want to make sure. So many people here! Welcome to In Retrospect, again. This is the second episode. We're talking about The Legend of Korra. Very exciting. Good stuff. Me6 announced me. That's awesome. My sister's trying to talk to me right now. I can't do that. <laughs> she called me at like, like 7.30 or 8 o'clock today. And I'm like, it's the weekend. It's Saturday. I'm trying to sleep in. Hello, Cole. Hello. Oh, hope everybody had a good week. I had a rough start to my weekend yesterday. I It was like 5.30, 5.45, like really late in the day, you know, work day, I should say. And I got a text saying I, I need help on something. And I had to jump back on work. And I didn't finish my day until like 6.30, 6.45, which was... um. Not ideal, but I think they did a good job with everything. Hopefully, hopefully my boss is impressed. But happy Lunar New Year, everybody. Exciting. Wishing everybody a lot of love, a lot of luck, prosperity, money. Always a good thing. Year of the Rat was not very fun. I'm not a fan of rats, so I think it's understandable. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. But hopefully Year of the Ox is better for everybody, everyone involved. But today, we're talking about The Legend of Korra. I did not prep as much as I wanted to. <laughs> I realized, like, last week I was stressing out about it a lot. And I'm like, I shouldn't prep. Like, this is supposed to be something that's done, like, you know... It's, it's it's supposed to be done naturally, and, and I just, I didn't want to put a whole lot of effort into anything, so obviously I still made a PowerPoint. 
we're doing that. So that's what I did, but definitely want to just hear from everybody on their opinions on Cora. So I'm going to run a poll, a uh, new poll, not doing additional votes. And y'all are going to get one minute to respond, yes or no. Um, okay. Yes, exactly. And that's what my last podcast felt like, Cole. Last week, was, or last podcast, it felt so draining. Like, I did so much prep. Like, when I wasn't working, I was doing stuff for the podcast and I wasn't getting a lot in return like I wasn't getting a whole lot of engagement um it was very lonely so yeah this one we're just we're just going with it we're going with it no editing no nothing we're uploading it for some reason I got denied on Apple Podcasts I don't I don't use Apple Podcasts I don't like its user interface I I don't think it's easy to use I don't care. Um, so I'm not an Apple podcast and hopefully you guys are okay with that. <laughs> uh, I'm on Anchor. Anchor literally distributes it to everywhere else. Uh, but yeah. So three people liked Legend of Korra. One person said no. Okay. I don't know if that's very representative, but... <laughs> okay. I need caffeine. I'm very tired. I don't know if I oversleep. I, I guess I did kind of oversleep. I, I woke up at eight. Uh, yes, MG, I do see that. I have the results up here. Um, so I every time I oversleep, I get a headache. So that might also be part of it. I'll make the polls longer next time. Um, but yeah, just tell me your initial thoughts of the Legend of Korra, not Korra, the character, the Legend of Korra, like the the show itself. So you did like it, Cole. Okay. Your mind is still groggy to have an opinion. Yeah. What is eleven a.m. for for you, Gabe? I wish I could sleep until eleven. Oh my gosh, my body just doesn't let me. My head does not let me. If I sleep more than eight hours, I get a migraine. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's from hydration, like not having water for that amount of time. I don't know. But, um, do I shut my door? Okay. It does. Okay. You guys can't see the door, but my door is shut. <laughs> All right. What are your opinions on The Legend of Korra? I have my slideshow, but before I present, I want to hear from chat what you think of it, like in, in general. Um, or if there's something specific about the Legend of Korra, like is there someone, the characters, like the plot lines. Overall, really loved. Of course, season two was slow. Season two was very hard to get through. I will agree with that, Caitlin. You liked book one, but wasn't a big fan of the rest. Action scenes are fantastic. Definitely a lot more action in this, for sure. Um, maybe it's because, like, the characters were older. We had we had a lot more characters i would say it it feels like they introduce a lot of people to us very quickly and most of them were older besides tenzin's kids um i would say for me overall i liked it um i'm i'm not one of those people that advocates for season 4 of avatar the last airbender um i because and I've listened to many, many 
interviews from Brike and from other people involved in the show. And it was pretty agreed upon that, you know, three seasons, that was it. Comics, sure. Another revenue stream for for the series and, and other people like that, uh, which is fine. That I, I get. But I I don't know. I was okay with not having an adult series of Team Avatar, I guess. Uh, so I like the fact that The Legend of Korra was different. I think a lot of things, and I'll get to it, could have been better. Um, but for me, it like what Mag said, storylines felt very rushed. And there's a bit of a reason behind that. Uh, basically, they just thought that they were going to get canceled. Like, <laughs> that that was really it. Uh, budget cut, just going back and forth between Nick and just just thinking and, and you know, thinking, you know, maybe we're going to have to fire some of our, our people. Uh, so a lot of the people that thought that we're going to get fired were like, okay, well, we need to get this shit out, like, right now. Um, and it was originally supposed to be a miniseries. It was only supposed to be, like, 8 to 14 episodes. It wasn't supposed to be a four-season-long show. Um, and so... Brian Konitzko, I'll have to find the YouTube link for it. So Nicolo Nick Animation does a podcast and they upload it to YouTube. And this was a few years ago. They had Brike on the show and Michael was like, yeah, this was supposed to be short. We had no idea that this was supposed to be or that this was going to go on to book two. And then they had no idea about book three or book four. Um... So, yeah, I definitely think everything was rushed. Uh, Cole, I like Cora a lot. I thought season one was the strongest. I might be weird and liking season two more than season four. Yeah. I've heard that. I A lot of people don't like season four. A lot of people don't like the ending. Like, the overall ending, not Asami and Cora getting together. I know some homophobic people don't like that but they can go fuck off um i'd say so much happened when trying to watch it during its original airing that i was trying to keep up yes yeah, so like they just kind of they throw everybody at you in book one but again that's probably because they're like here these are all of our ideas here oh wait we got ordered more episodes oh okay oh another season sure and then they was like well we don't know if we have enough money for your the rest of your book, too. And, oh, well, you're gonna not be on Nickelodeon. You're gonna be Nick Online on book three. Like, there was just a lot, Caitlin, like you're saying. There are a lot of outside factors hindering it from being full potential the way that we had Avatar The Last Airbender. They, like, that was very definitive. They knew they were gonna have three seasons. They were ordered, you know the original 14 and then once it did well they got the rest of their 21 um and everything was just very planned out whereas here they're like what are we doing <laughs> what else can we come up with so um yeah really supposed to be a mini series but then turned out to be 54 episodes that's a lot i think that that's that's a lot of episodes They didn't play it nearly as much as um, Avatar. Okay. It felt impossible to catch it all on TV. I was... Okay. So we'll we'll get into it. But April 12th, 2012 was when it first premiered. And the last episode was December of 2014. I don't think I 
I don't know. I I don't really remember watching a whole lot of TV then. This was right before I was leaving for college. Or like junior year going into college is basically the time span of, of this. So I <laughs> I didn't have cable first year of college. We did, but we had like basic things. I, I was like busting my ass junior year, senior year to get into college and like keep my grades up. I was taking more classes than I needed to, which was really annoying. Um, I don't know why I did that to myself. So in senior year of high school, they were like, you can take uh, one science class or one math class, but you don't have to do both. Um, and I did both. <laughs> actually, it was, actually, it was, you either take a science class. Actually, no, you didn't have to take either. They gave you, they gave us like so many electives in 12th grade and senior year. So I didn't have to take those classes, but I did. So I took physics and I took calculus at the same time. They go hand in hand, whatever. I didn't do a very good job because my teachers were not very nice. And I, I just, I did not like them. Um, but I was busting my ass to get all that stuff done. And I just wasn't um, really paying attention to like TV. So I don't even think I watched an episode of Korra. Although I did know about her. I remember back then I was like, that looks like Katara. Did she get her own show? Why is her name Korra? But I was wrong. So um, you start, it started with amazing ratings, but the ratings fell to book two. I, yeah, I was reading that to the point where it wasn't even on like Nickelodeon. Well, some of the episodes. Uh, oh my gosh. What are they called? Beginnings, part one and part two. Oh my god, Avatar one episodes are great. That that's really cool. Like to see that whole backstory of the first Avatar. Um, it's so cool. I love the way that they animated everything, but it does give. Um, who was it? It was Serena Williams. Serena Williams, who's a huge fan of Avatar, if you guys didn't know that. She actually, uh, she got to voice people um, in Avatar. I think her name was Ming. And then she got to voice, I think she voiced somebody else in Korra. I'm not entirely sure. But she tweeted something a few years back and was like, so if the lion turtles are the ones that started bending, like gave bending forms to humans, then what about the... Um, you know, the badgermals, what about the dragons? What about the sun, or not the sun, what about the moon and the ocean? Like, what about the, like, Appa? Like, that part confused me a little bit. It was like, so are they lion turtles or are there original animals that then taught bending to humans? Who knows? So that confused me a little bit. Hopefully there's some clarification. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so it yeah, there's there's a not a continuity error, it's just like which which one's which or is it both? It, I believe it's both, but at the same time I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? This whole world is confusing. Animals taught them to use it, but the lion trolls gave them the ability. Yeah, that's what I I'm thinking as well. Um I I I think it's both, but it's still they didn't like they didn't clarify it. You didn't like Avatar 1 in his story? Hey, we're here for all opinions. 
good yeah good or or bad yeah like it doesn't doesn't matter what you think i just want to hear all of it but um for me what vic hello what are you saying uh talking about a kid show well youth a young adult show i guess you're in my room vic not in the bed i'm sitting on the bed <laughs> there's a hole yeah i'm just sitting in in the bed half body oh forgot to show you guys i don't know if you can see it my friend got me a Zahir shirt for Christmas. It has a quote where that, that lets him fly. Like the whole earthly tether become wind. We just think it's very funny. I just, I think Zahir is hilarious. She, she just made him into like a meme. So I think he's funny. But he's also my favorite villain, I, I would say. Um, I'm not a whack-a-mole. <laughs> Alright, let's get to my PowerPoint. Let me just see if it works. It's very annoying. It like pops up the like presenter notes. I don't have presenter notes. Guru Lahima. Yes. Where are we going? All right. Let's just make sure. Okay. There it is. Here's my beginning slide. And again, this is satirical. Put no effort into these slides. <laughs> yes, Lisa Frank. I did not own any Lisa Frank. I could not afford it. That's fine. Okay. We got a girl avatar, guys. I don't think it was like really... Uh, did, did people actually did not... Like, did people actually not like the fact that she was a girl? Yeah, Lezukin. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm feeling fancy, that's what I call myself. Um, but in the podcast I was listening to with Break, they were like, oh, well, hey, how about instead of a guy, we make her a girl? And they're like, okay. And that's how they agreed upon. I don't know if Nickelodeon gave them a lot of backlash. I, I know people probably did give them backlash. Um, but yes, we have a girl. And she's great. Girls are great. They're great. This is 70 years after whatever takes place in Avatar The Last Airbender. Aang's dead. And I know that there are some idiots that are like, I'm just really annoyed that Aang isn't in Korra. I'm like... Are you dumb? How do you... Those are the people that I'm just like, all right, your opinion doesn't matter. Like, because you're clearly too dumb to put together the fact that once an avatar dies, another one is reborn. So how could the two of them exist at the same time? Hi, Scoopy. How are you? Yeah, yeah, Cole, I think I remember talking to you about that. Um, but whatever. This was in 2012. You know, they already broke some typical norms in Avatar. I'm sure they weren't afraid to do it again in Korra, but, 
Uh, yes, Hang is dead. He died in 153 AG, which is how they measure their time, I guess. Um... Yeah, they probably did. They just- they- people just wanted to see adult Aang so fucking bad. Like, whatever. But this wasn't the point of that and how- like, and people were also so angry that Korra was so polar opposite from Aang, but if she was exactly the same, I would be bored because I'm like, okay, this is Avatar all over again. Why do I- what is the point? And that's what they said in their interview. Like, they're like, why would- like, we wanted to make her so different because if it was the same, then we've already done that. Like, we want to try and do something different this time around. So she's literally the polar opposite of, of Aang. And I'm okay with that, personally. I don't know what everybody else thinks. Um, I don't remember watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I know there's some things going around about Joss, we Joss Whedon. Um, what else? I'm, I'm catching up. Imagine if Aang died the same exact way as Roku. That would be really sad. <laughs> I have some thoughts about that. It sucks that Roku died that way when he literally could have just like left, but it was his home. I don't know. Maybe he just thought he could, he could do it and he just, he didn't. Also, Sozin just fucking sucks. Whatever. Uh, yeah, April 14th, 2012 to December 19th, 2014. I don't know what you guys were doing during that time. Oh, your follow-up about Buffy and... F oh, okay. Yeah, it'll just... Yeah, it would suck. <laughs> um, But yeah, Aang's dead. It was on Nickelodeon and Nick Online. My camera's glitching a lot. I can see it. I can see it. I might just turn off the background. I'm watching it. It's glitching. That's annoying. All right. We're doing background blur. Sorry, guys. Ripperonis. Yeah, everybody's fucking dead. Well, most, mostly everybody's dead. <laughs> oh, we already went over this. Oh, I'm getting way too ahead of myself. It's supposed to be a miniseries of 12 episodes and budget cuts. They were dealing with a ton of budget cuts throughout like the entire series, which sucks. So, but yeah, Girl Avatar, which is awesome. So, what makes it good? Hey, Cabbage Man. We see his family. His family did well. They, he created Cabbage Corp after what? What is it? Imbalance. Imbalance in that comic book. Aang's like, why don't you find something else to do instead of sell cabbages? And he's like, oh my god, you're right. Look at all this technology's in front of me. I'm gonna make something similar. Then he creates Cabbage Corp. So. His grandson is the one that gets arrested. Because Asami Sato's dad, like, frames him. He sucks, by the way. Uh, but what makes The Legend of Korra good? What makes it enjoyable, I should say? The music is really good. I really like the music. And I listened to an interview from Jeremy Zuckerman. He was saying, you know, this time around... Um, hi, Aaron. We're talking about The Legend of Korra. So after Avatar The Last Airbender, Jeremy went on to go do the music for Kung Fu Panda, the, the, the show. Um... And then he was like, oh my god, I never want to listen to any any Chinese music, like, ever again. Anything related to that, never. And then they're like, hey, Legend of Korra? And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. 
<laughs> um, and he partnered with someone. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the name. He partnered with someone that um, sort of joined the track team. He's not credited on here. That's annoying. Um, but he partnered with someone that is very, very well known for traditional Asian music, which is why it sounds so different from the Avatar soundtrack. This one is available on Spotify. I will say that. Or at least book one. Book one's available on Spotify. And I listened to it so much last year that Jeremy ended up as my number two most listened to artist on my Spotify wrapped. He said it was cool. I tagged him in it on Instagram. He's like, whoa, that's awesome. And I didn't know if it was embarrassing or not, but I really like the the music. I think it's great. I think it's so good. Um, music indeed does slap. Yes. I pay a lot of attention to the music. Um, I don't know. It just, it makes things so great. And what's great about the way that Jeremy does it is that, um, and he worked pretty closely with Brian on it, is that they didn't rely so much on the music. Like, because the worst is when there's just nonstop music in the background. You know, you you can't hear the dialogue or or there's no music at all, which is fine. But you shouldn't rely on, on music and the soundtrack to carry the mood and tone of a scene or a movie or whatever, like, dialogue is there for that. And Jeremy knew that balance. So that's why I really like the music. My camera was glitchy. This is also a different scene. So... Oh god, Gabe, I fucking hate the Avatar series. Why the fuck is my name Zuko's Bikini? <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. And you can go tell your cousin that. <laughs> um, yeah, exploring plots and things we only had glimpses of in Avatar. So... When did I talk about this? I talked about this with somebody, like, recently. Um, in Atla, they they talk about air just being very spiritual, you know, being one with nature, um, and with bloodbending, with waterbending, or waterbending like you had bloodbending, and with, um, fire, you know, they're just saying with Zhang Zhang, like, it's very destructive, it's, it's, um, uncontrollable, it's, it's, it burns everything you know and love, and they didn't really say anything bad about airbending. And then we get to our boy, Zahir. Zahir, yeah. So, Vic, old joke, we already talked about that and covered that last week. <laughs> um, the fact that they were able to show that airbending has a dark side, they literally fucking showed Zahir suck the life out of somebody. Literally took the air out of her lungs and she fucking died. Did she deserve it? Yes, she did. But that was really cool. Um, yeah. And bloodbending advances. I've talked about this with Joe in her story, I'm Still Here, which if you guys haven't read it yet, please go do. Um... Bloodbending is fucking crazy. It's great. It's crazy. Oh, Sarah's probably quoting my my fourth bullet here. I literally wrote villains were cool. It's right here. <laughs> uh, but bloodbending to to block your someone else's bending that's insane. That's insane. That's insane. 
It's crazy. <laughs> I just... Amon, or whatever you want to fucking call him. I don't know. I just thought that was a really cool point that, like, we saw... We saw bloodbending a little bit in Avatar, and then they just progressed it into something bigger. Do I want to see it in a hospital setting or healing? Yes. Maybe one day. Maybe one day they'll listen to us and see that that has a point. Um, spirit world shit. That's really cool. Because that's something that we got like a glimpse of in Avatar. And I know book two was like the most disliked, I guess. Personally, I did not like book two of Korra. Um, I like some of the characters, and I'll get to that. Some of the characters that were introduced in book two were amazing. Um, spirit world stuff was, I don't know. I just thought that was really cool because this is like this whole world that we didn't know of or didn't get to see too much of because it was only like Aang and Aang didn't fully master, I guess, the, the spirit world. Um, so yeah, I thought it was interesting that they were able to explore that. Um, the themes of this are huge. The, like MG said, like young adult themes. They got to explore different things that, I mean, Atla had huge themes in it of itself, but like, I like how every book, granted, if we didn't really like all of the books, um, they, like, equality, literally something that everybody, that is happening right now, where there's people that think they're better than others, or even if benders don't think that, you know, they have that advantage over non-benders in the this society, or at least in Republic City. And it's it's highlight. It's literally why imbalance is called imbalance, because you see the the start of the problems between benders and non-benders, and then it just grows into something into Amon, basically. Um, it's something that Aang tries to control a little bit, and clearly it just, it, it was never really resolved and Korra was left to, to deal with it. Now, granted, Republic City was not the size it was in, in, well, actually it wasn't even called Republic City. It was called Cranefish Town. And then Sokka decided to rename it, um, Republic City. Uh, we'll get to Sokka in a little bit because I have some thoughts on that. Um, yeah, yeah, book two. Yes, Eren, Eska. That is one of the characters I will pinpoint later. But yes, Scooby, we talked about the a little bit earlier. The Avatar 1 episodes, like beginnings, I really like the fact that we were able to explore that. What I liked most was the animation. Um, but equality, to highlight that for a young adult slash, like, like still on a kid's TV, like cable TV is huge. That's huge. Because we deal with that all the time in our society, literally right now. You know, there's people out there like that think that they're so much better because they're rich or because their their color of their skin is is superior, whatever. Like that's still happening. And the fact that they highlight that in a show is awesome. Um spiritualism and balance, you know, between uh you know, I guess it highlights a little bit of religion. I can't really speak to it. I'm not very religious, but that was cool that they talked about that. Uh, Zahir is... Oh, Zahir is great. I think Zahir is so, so awesome. Where he talks about liberty, freedom, 
you know, no one can be free until everybody is free. Um, I could go on and on about Zaheer. Zaheer is so... <sighs> the fact that he doesn't die either, they just kind of lock him up and he's he's pretty happy with it. Um, we can talk about the baby sky bison. I don't know if that's explained. If you guys didn't know, it, um, Aang basically finds a herd of uh, wild bison like sometime after the Hundred Year War. And that's why there's so many bison. Um, so... Appa did not just clone himself. That's not what happened. There there were still bison out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, Red Lotus is so... It was interesting to see that the White Lotus turned into bodyguards. Because um, that's not what they were. That's not what Iroh intended for them to be. Um, oh my god, I didn't even talk about that. The fact that fucking Iroh comes back. I... Okay. I know some people don't like when he comes back, but I cry every single time I see him. I do. Oh, Aaron, I know you love Juniper. <laughs> Juniper, you love her. Because we love Juniper, your dog. But yeah, Red Lotus was very a very interesting concept. Um, and then lastly, Kubira. I love Zelda's voice. <laughs> uh, Zelda's voice is, is... She's very menacing. She, I think she does a really good job. And this was one of her first times being... A voice actor. Uh, and if you don't follow her on Twitter, you should. She's great. Uh, when Cora was released on Netflix back in August, she has this whole Twitter thread of people. Or she, she tweeted, she's like, I know some people are going through a really tough time right now. So if there's anything that you would want me to say in Kubira's voice, um, you know, tweet me. And she has this whole thread of her just saying the most outrageous stuff in Kubira's voice. And it's it's awesome. I think it's awesome. And I also think it's it's cool that, uh, you know, I, I just think it's really cool that she she did that. So if you follow her, please go follow her. She's awesome. And Aang, Appa, and Mo were lost of their kind. Yeah, yeah. The one thing I will, I think it's like weird. Oh, like, hey, Air Nation, let's just, let's just, let's make a whole new Air Nation. Yes. Um, what? What? That doesn't make any sense to me. Now, does that mean was the... Like, because people were like, okay, Water Tribe, only North and South. No, there's Swamp People. Is that the same case for Air Nomads? North, South, East, West? Did they not have just some random Air, air Nomad tribe in, in, you know, who knows? Somewhere in the Earth Kingdom? We don't know. But the fact that they were just like, oh, yes, Harmonic Convergence did this. Yes. That. Um, I don't know. Interesting. That that part confused me a little bit. But, oh, yeah, I wrote fascism because, hey, we still deal with fascism today. Or, you know, a lot of people do. A lot of, a lot of countries do. Um, whether they mask it as something else or not, it's still fascism. Um, but she masks it as, she is in Kubira, masks it as order. And, you know, she comes in to every town saying, we're going to help you. Here's all your supplies. But then she takes them as slaves. The fact that they were able to highlight 
like these four pretty big themes and they there's more but those are the, like the big ones for a kids show or a show intended for children that's huge and again they did that in in atla too but um we talked a little bit about the villains i think they're really cool zahir i mean i have him on my shirt for a reason zahir's fucking awesome um Aman is cool. I think he's really good at face paint. I've made that joke a lot. Um, his little scar, the fake scar that he has on his face. And also, like, what did he think was going to happen when he got splashed into the water, water at the end? Like, did he not realize that he was going to get exposed like that? Like, Style of rulership was done well. Yes. Amon, yes, exactly. Great cosplayer, 10 out of 10, cool mask. That mask is menacing. And the fact that he found, not found a way, but like the fact that he was able to bloodbend not on a full moon, he's a pretty powerful bender if he's able to do that. Now, granted, he had training with his dad, years and years of practice, um, and then just like left, whatever. But. Scoopy, you're right. I don't know if they had waterproof paint in twenty in the 1920s, I guess. Um, but yeah, agreed, Sarah. I, I wish that, kind of like Zaheer, how they brought him back in book four. Like, I kind of wish that he was gonna linger, I guess. It would have been interesting if he was there in book two, since book two revolves around the water tribes basically uh and he did grow up in the northern water tribe i thought it would have been interesting if he was he was there but that is a really heartbreaking story with their dad that is it is really sad i i think it's sad um a recurring villain yeah but again they had no idea that things were going to be recurring because hey 12 episodes turned into 14 turned into 52 54 whatever it was um but yeah, her uncle was fucking weird. Her uncle, but hey, without her uncle, we wouldn't have had Aubrey Plaza come in and just do her shit. I fucking love Aubrey Plaza. Oh my god. I need to take a drink here. Um. Yes! This is important. This is so important. If you're gonna fake being a non-bender and fake having a burn mark on your face. First of all, we all know what Zuko looks like. Do better, Amon. You know what Zuko's scar looks like. Make yours look better. It looks like a fucking... Like a... Like a tiger just fucking... No. No. But like... The... I don't know. If Suki and the, you know, her Kyoshi warriors had that type of face paint... 70 years before this, that was waterproof. Wouldn't you think he would put in a little more effort? I don't know. Maybe he didn't realize that he could have gotten exposed. But, like, what was he thinking? Like eventually, he was going to get exposed and you had to, to make that better. I don't know. My question is, do you guys think that he woke up every day and put that on his face and then put the mask on? Or he thought, you know, today's the day that Korra might make me turn take my mask off or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Um, each season, Korra didn't know if they were coming back, so they had to start and finish a villain. Each season kind of rushed them. Yes, Scooby, that's exactly what we talked about at the beginning. Every All the storylines felt very rushed. I am going to get into the tr love triangle. Poor Bolin. Justice for Bolin, guys. Um, he woke up and chose makeup. He woke up and chose violence. Um, honestly. But, hello, Shark. Hello. Um, 
But yeah, everything was really rushed. But if book one was... Here's my question for you guys. If book one... If they stopped at book one, would you have liked it? Because that was supposed to be the plan. It was just supposed to be Amon. It was just... Like, if you watch book one, like, the very end of it, it really does feel like the show could have ended right then and there. And that's how it was supposed to be. Um, so if it had stopped right there, would you have been okay with it? Because to follow book one with book two, eh, I don't know. I like, I, I like book three though. I like book three. Maybe he's burned with it. Maybe he, it's Maybelline. It could have ended after the dark avatar stuff. The dark avatar stuff just fucking... It's it's there. I don't know what else to say about that. Old Zuko. Sarah said something about old Zuko. So here's my thing. If it had stopped at the end of season one, I would have complained they spent too much time on pro bending. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that they had some sort of sport, though, that dealt with pro bending. But again, it also dealt with the whole... Can we talk about Rami Malek for a second? Oh my god, how was I not going to bring up the fact that Rami Malek was in here? Oh my god, his character. What is it, Tano? What is his name, Tano? He is like one of my favorites. When he talks is just... <sighs> my friend, that got me the shirt actually. We watched book one together like back in... Ugh, I don't even know how long ago. But we just we just loved him. We loved him so much. We loved Tano. And he was only there for like <laughs> two or three episodes. And uh, yeah, he was just very menacing. And I love his voice. I love his voice. And he wasn't a villain per se. But he was an antagonist. And I, I liked him a lot. <laughs> um but it was interesting that they had pro-bending, but it then contributed to the whole bending versus non-bending problem that they were having. Yes! Claudia! Avatar. I can't even do it. I'd play it, but I don't want to get DMCA'd by Nickelodeon Viacom. But he was great. But when he got lost his bending, oh my god. And he's at the police sto station, like, giving his, you know, interview, and he's just like, oh, hi, Cora. And he's just so, so sad about it. I, no, obviously, I mean, I, I think, um, I think he probably got his bending back. I think Cora eventually gave everybody their bending back. It's not explained, it's not shown, but, I mean, she gave Lynn her, her bending back in, while they were in the Southern Water Tribe, so I, I think she did. The real E-boy. Yeah, I loved him. I loved him and his ramen. They're great. I was supposed to talk about old Zuko, but here I am talking about Tano. Um, so, here's my thing. And again, they probably didn't plan it, but in the first or second episode of this series, yes, Katara's like, my friend, my brother, and like the rest of my friends are all gone. So, first of all, how fucking heartbreaking is that that Sokka is gone? But then it's like, oh wait, they're not dead. Let's just bring them back. Book three and four. Um, and again, they probably did not plan that. They probably didn't have book three and four in mind, but, oh, Zuko's reveal. 
I love it. I love it every time. This man's 84 years old and he's still fighting. You know? It's it's insane. Sokka, Suki, Aang, Azula. Where's Azula? I want to know what happened to Azula. I know from comics she's she runs off. Story problems. Yeah, exactly. And part of it, you know, maybe it's not their fault. Uh, obviously, we talked about that a little bit earlier. You know, just them not knowing and just being in limbo of whether or not they're continuing, um, which is really shitty, you know, as a as a creator and, you know, all these people's jobs are on the line. That sucks uh, to not know whether or not your, your show is going to be on. But yeah, I don't know. That sucks. That really does. Um, what else? Uh, LGBT. I don't know if this was the first... They're probably not the first, but, you know, they introduce Korra and Asami at the end. It was a little unclear, I guess, for some people that it was happening. But in the comics, it's full on, like, I love you. They, they, in the comics pick up on their vacation, so to speak. Um, vacation into the spirit world. So they... Just talk about their feelings. They say, I love you, all of that stuff. And then they reveal to Mako that they're dating. And Mako's like, uh, oh, you guys are dating. Okay. <laughs> um, sorry, I turned that chair tip off. Chair, what is this called? A timer? Turn that off just because I'm getting my tax return soon. I'm really excited. It got approved by the federal... Um, tax return, IRS, whatever it's called. So I should be getting that in the next couple of weeks and I will be using some of my tax return to get my chair. So, uh, oh, we will get to Mako, Shark. Oh, don't you worry. Don't you worry. Yeah, it was, it was ambiguous enough where they wouldn't piss people off, but then, cause they knew, they probably knew, oh, not everybody's gonna go read the comics, but let's just make it official in the comics. But still, it's nice that they included something like that. Um, I knew they were close. I just couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah. It was probably all around the same time. But, um, okay. So, let's get to So What Makes It Bad. Um, okay. Oh, my camera's blocking Aang a little bit. You guys already fucking know what he looks like in Korra. Uh, this love triangle... I fucking hated it. I hated this storyline. I, I did. I really did because I love Bolin and I could see from chat a lot of people also love Bolin. Um, I didn't like the fact that he was used as a, a toy, basically, just to kind of help out this whole Korra Mako situation. And um, I don't... I don't like how Mako treats Asami. I don't like how he treats Korra. I think it was really stupid. I really think the whole thing was dumb. I think Mako's a piece of shit for it. Um, even the voice actor has said... Uh, he did a, a cameo for someone and he was like, yeah, Twitter was not very fun for a little while because I kept getting hate. But he was like, oh, well, like, I still... You know, I was just the voice of him, whatever. I didn't wasn't involved in any of the writing, which is fine, but whatever. It just I don't like it. I don't like the fact that he kisses Cora 
while he's like basically with Asami, then kind of breaks up with. He breaks up with Korra in book two and then goes and dates Asami. And then when Korra doesn't remember anything, he still goes and dates Korra while he's still with Asami. Straight up lies to Korra. Oh, hey, I broke up with you. You don't remember, so let's just be together. Yeah, yeah, sure. Lie. The entire room is filled with everybody looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing? Doesn't tell her. Um, so yeah. I feel very bad for Bolin. Bolin is, like, my favorite. Uh, besides Lin. I really like Lin. But he was very troubled, yes. Um, justice for Bolin, yes. Uh, very troubled past. Basically grew up on the streets, I get that. Um, but he caused a lot of trouble. That sucks. Yeah, and when she gains her memory back, she's like, oh yeah, we broke up. Hmm. It's, yeah, I, I hate that whole plot line. I think it's stupid. That's one of the storylines I'm just like, why? Why is this a thing? Second bullet. I feel like we can all agree on this. Why the fuck is Toph a cop? And again, in balance, they hint at it a little bit. Toph's like, all right, like I get to beat up bad guys and stuff like that. But then she literally builds up like a whole police force. And, you know, as a kid, she's like, she's very sheltered by her parents very strict a lot of rules and and she wants to not have rules or or um she literally blows up their house in bossing say saying all right no rules literally punches half the house down and she's a fucking cop i don't yeah she originally started to take down the bad guys but it blew up into something much bigger. I just don't think. I don't know. I just, I, in the top that we know in Avatar, I don't think she would have grown up to be a cop. Someone that was in charge of discipline and order and making sure that everybody followed all of those rules. I don't, I don't know. I don't think she would. I need to take a sip of water to prep for bullet three. Is there a scratch in here? Oh, I scratched my cup a little bit. Oops. The more I watch Korra, or the more I watch Avatar, the more I say Sokka's my favorite character, and the fact that there's no explanation for his death, maybe it was old age, I don't know. It's still sad. Yeah, oh, that's also another thing I forgot to touch on. So a lot of people are really upset that they're, the Asian culture, um, or Asian, um, style, I guess, is not... It, within Republic City, people are upset that it's made to resemble 1920s New York when it's it's not supposed to be Americanized, I guess. Now, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. I think it was they used that as a basis to showcase how the world has evolved. Um, maybe the writers only knew, um, you know... New York in the 20s. Maybe they didn't do their research on how Asia was like in the 1920s. I don't know. Um, 
and we'll get to the last bullet, but like, do you think that was... Do you think the fact that, like, Republic City didn't look traditional was, like, whitewashing or it was just, you know, something that they did to represent the 20s? I don't know. Because technically, this is supposed to be, um, okay, Western, eyes looking east, like, there are Asian metropolitan cities, lack of research. That's what I was going to say. There are, there could, I don't know, they could have done their research with other cities within Asia, um, but... They didn't. They they flat out said it's supposed to be New York. I don't know. I don't know. Toph is a copper. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I get 70 years is a long time for stuff to happen, but I don't know. And we even see Toph at the end of book four. She still seems pretty grumpy and just, I don't know. I just, I, I think I, it's very hard for me to imagine that Toph grew up to be a cop. But then again, they threw a lot of people's character development out the window, so I don't put it past them. Um, number four, why is Katara? Katara's very light-skinned in this. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Um, which, that's a problem that I've had just a lot. Um... Or how Legend of Korra has 1920s swimsuits, yet Avatar has bikinis in the beach. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they were just like, let's draw this. We don't know what bikinis looked like in the 1800s. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, Katara and Kaya kind of talks about this a little bit. Like, it's always hard to tell. And I, I you've, you all know my opinions on how they wrote Katara in the comics. I don't like it. I don't like the way that they wrote her. Um, but here, when Kaya was like, I moved home to be with mom after dad died, like, was that them saying Katara was, like, hopeless? Like, she needed her family? Obviously, that's a really hard time, um, to be alone. Um, I did, I did like the fact that she was still healing people. That was cool, because Katara... Like, deep down, she's always going to help people no matter what. She's never going to turn her back on people that need her. And she was still helping all of those people that were, uh, you know, getting hurt by all the spirits. All of that stuff. But, I don't know. I... <sighs> Katara just means a lot to me. So, um... I also really love Kaya. I think Kaya's cool. Also, Kataya, gay icon. We love that. We love that. Past avatars. This is very controversial. So, I did not put my opinion on this on the slide because I wanted to hear what you guys thought of Korra losing her connection to all the past avatars. What did you think? Did you enjoy that? Did you think it was necessary? Did you hate it? What it what are everyone's thoughts on that? Um because it's a very big plot point. Um and that is one of the plot points that people point to in book two in saying that I hate book two. Um, I just think overall book two wasn't very well written or really well thought out. Again, there were other outside factors as to why that was. Uh, but that part, I just kind of sat back and was like, oh, oh, okay. Um, and I've talked about the legacy books. So Cora does write uh, a legacy book for the next Avatar 
where she's saying, hey, this is what I've learned about Aang and what I've learned about other past avatars. Um, and I'm writing it in a book just so that you have something to look back on. Um, it, it It's sad. It's sad. The fact that you see them poof away, that is sad. All the way back to Avatar 1. That's sad. Um, I thought a good move would be that she wouldn't have immediate access to their bending, but she could still visit them in the spirit world. Doesn't seem to be the case, though, sadly. I get not needing Aang to save her every time, but Roku Kiyoshi, all those past avatars helped Aang. Yeah, and at a, a young age. I also... I also think it would have been cool to see Korra and Kiyoshi bond because they're both very strong and powerful, like powerful women. Um, like Kiyoshi's fucking, how tall is she? Like seven, nine, she's fucking tall as shit. I don't know. I just think it would have been cool to see them interact more. Um, we only saw them a little bit in beginnings, but she didn't know who Kiyoshi was. So I've seen a lot of fan art of those two bonding, so it, I think it would have been fun to see them <laughs> be together. Uh, what happened to their spirits? Like, yeah, yeah. I think it would be cool that she would be able to visit them in the spirit world, like you said, Cole. But I, that's not, I don't think that's the case. Or maybe it is and we just didn't get to see it. Maybe she didn't try, or maybe she did, I don't know. I just know that people were sad because then they knew... Whole, like, we're not going to see Aang after this. We're really not. But, again, this is not Avatar. This is Korra. Um, Mako's character development sucks. Again. <laughs> he literally just becomes a bodyguard at the end. Ugh, I don't know. Yeah. And Kiyoshi and Korra are still very different. Kiyoshi did not realize she was the Avatar until much later than the rest of, of the Avatars. Normally you find out when you're 16, Kiyoshi was homeless. Like, she didn't go through the typical process. It's very hard to find the next Earthbending Avatar, by the way. Because the Earth Kingdom is fucking huge. And those people have to go travel and, you know, do the whole pick a toy. The four toys. Go pick them. Um... But yeah, Kiyoshi did not get to do all of that. She took, I think she took the lion turtle and then got scared that she was going to, that the people were just going to, you know, uh, do something to her or like take the toys away from her. So she stole the lion turtle and like just ran off. Um, and she was the only child in the entire Earth Kingdom that even went near the lion turtle. But they they didn't even think anything of it. They found someone that picked three out of the four toys, which happened to be Kiyoshi's friend, um, and just kind of deemed him as the avatar. So she found out very late that she was. And Korra, as we all know, which again, people have an issue with this, she found out very early, you know, as a toddler, she knew that she was the avatar because she was able to bend fire, water, and earth. So um, I think it was tough that said it's not the gang story anymore. It felt like they're this felt like another push to make Korra her own character who didn't rely on- Yes, exactly. It, I think it was also a way to let the audience know that this is separate from Atla. Like, this is very different. Um, so yeah, I agree with that, Scooby. But, yeah. Mako sucks. I don't like- I don't like Mako personally. Um, and the- voice 
Like, he was literally named after Mako, the guy who originally voiced Iroh, who's fantastic, had a great career. And this is his namesake, and he just... <sighs> I don't know. I have a lot of issues with him. Um, and then lastly... <laughs> uh, Aang looks really white. And you guys all... Uh, I can turn off my camera real quick. If you guys can see that. Uh, his beard. His beard. If you guys have read, um, like, art of animated series, things like that, you would know that Brian turned to Mike and said, Oh, your beard, and drew it on Aang. Um, and he's bald. So they've, they've... They've hinted at the fact that he, his facial features, the way that they drew him is, has some inspiration from Michael Dante DiMartino. Um, I just don't think that he looks Asian. And again, it's, it's I don't know, maybe that wasn't their style, whatever. Ugh. So what makes it bald? What makes it bad? <laughs> no, not what makes it bald. No, no. But yeah, I don't know. I just don't think that... I just don't think... That if I didn't know what Avatar was and I didn't know this was supposed to be Aang, I would have just said this was just some white guy with an arrow on his head. I don't know. But yeah, not Tibetan. No, no, no. Okay. Oh, also, I want... <laughs> oh, our only glimpse of Sokka. Sad. A sad time. Very sad time. I do like the fact that he mentions Boomerang, though. That was nice. I also think... I would have liked to see him bond with uh, Boomy. Just because Boomy was a non-bender non at that point, uh, like Sokka. But... Hi, Alexa! We're talking about The Legend of Korra. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I w it's cool to see that he was on the council, that he was, uh, you know, chief of the Water Tribe. I think that's cool. He grew up to be a really powerful person, and I love that, and he's a fucking genius. But, again, I, want, I don't think he looks Asian. I don't know. Something about it just doesn't seem right. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Now we're done. just going to talk about characters. We'll break down, kind of like what I did before. These are all like the main characters, like the the ones that were introduced from book one and stayed until book four. So, Korra. She's a girl. I'm going to keep mentioning this because I love it. She's a girl. We love it. We love it. She's really buff. Except in book four, she lost a lot of weight obviously with everything that she was going through she lost a lot of her muscle i guess um but she's really buff and she's also really fucking stubborn <laughs> but she grows she grows out of that fitness inspiration yeah she's she's really fit and she's been training that in entire time i just wrote gay doesn't mm, i wrote gay just to be funny but um <laughs> But one thing I forgot to mention, she's fucking sheltered. 
her entire life. She's in that little compound to train to be the Avatar. They literally bring people from the other nations to teach her the Avatar ways instead of traditionally the Avatar traveling to the other sides. And that's all because of our boys Zaheer. Uh, but yeah, people do make the argument that she's not actually bi and that she's a lesbian. I don't know. I can't speak on that because I'm not part of the LGBT community. If someone else wants to answer that, please go ahead. Uh, but people do say that she is just a lesbian. But some people also do say she's bi. I don't know. Again, things are so unclear. <laughs> Thanks, Gabe. <laughs> um, she can make her spirit really fucking tall. That whole part was like, it's like, oh shit, what's going on? Why is she getting larger and larger and larger? What the fuck is happening? Um, I hate when the scene where, I think it's Iki. Iki's like, oh, by the way, did you know Korra likes Mako? And then she gets like devil horns and just looks fucking crazy. I hate that scene. It freaks me out. Fish weren't good enough for her. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, kind of like how Aang became a koi fish. She became a skyscraper. So I guess they're similar. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, she does develop, you know, like I said, she is very stubborn, very sheltered, wanting to see the world and then just kind of grows, you know, from if you compare book one core to book four core, there's such a difference. And I, I think that's great. That's one thing that I really like about this. Well, I like a lot of things about this. I also don't like a lot of things about this show. I'm very critical. I will be openly critical about this, but that's the one part I, I do like is that she does grow as a character. And I don't know. It's good to see. Also, again, she dates Asami at the end because of this bitch right here. Now... We need to stop and just talk about the eyebrows. They're wild. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is about them. Why are they like that? Yeah, boo, boo. Do I have a boo sound? Let's let's look for one. Hopefully this isn't loud. Oh wait. <laughs> Okay, there you go. There's the booing. Yeah. The eyebrows are, are wild. You never notice his eyebrows? Oh my god, how could you not? They are just... This photo doesn't do it justice because he's doing something weird with his face. Again, I, I chose the worst possible photos of everybody. But his eyebrows, they look like confused, terribly drawn Nike checks. Like, I don't... I don't... What are they? Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I already talked about this. He breaks up with Korra in front of everybody. She literally smashes his desk and moves it elsewhere. And then when she doesn't have her memory, he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, we're still together. Literally right in front of Asami, too, no doubt. Asami's literally right behind her. Uh... So yeah, those two girls deserved better and they found it in each other. All thanks to this guy. Uh, I guess he's a decent bender. You know, if he's a, a pro bending, he seems pretty famous. Um, toxic. <laughs> yes, he is. He is. Yeah. 
Yeah, he is. Uh, but I guess he's a good bender. He's able to lightning bend, which is awesome. One thing I will say about Legend of Korra is that it's cool to see that lightning, like bending lightning was universally known, I guess. Like people knew about it besides the royal family and those that were close to them. I think it's cool that there are other lightning benders out there um, and they were using it for technology. That was cool. Uh, so yeah, he can bend lightning. I guess he's pretty powerful. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and he's a cop. More like a bodyguard. But yeah, he's on the force. He's there. He also has a huge family. And his grandma loves the queen. I hated that. Because I did not like the queen. Shitty older brother. Oh, yes! Goes without saying, but yes, he is. He's not... Like, he looks out for Bolin. He does. But... I don't know. The whole... Again, the whole love triangle. I don't understand. I don't understand anything. I don't. But yeah, that's Mako. Also, hi, Dohai! How are you? Hello. Also, I wanted to show you guys this cursed photo that I found while looking online. That This does a better job of showing the eyebrows. Yes, Cole, they tried. They tried. I wanted to show you guys. If I had to see it, you guys had to see it too. We're just gonna stare at it for a little more. Those caterpillars, seriously. Hi, Gilly. But yeah, I don't understand these. What are they? What are those? I don't know. I don't know. Also, I saw this online. Uh, Mako and Kuvira have like very similar faces. They do. All right, I'll take that off the screen now. Don't do that to my girl Asami. Here's Bolin. I really like PJ. You like those eyebrows? They're interesting to say the least, but I love Bolin. I love PJ. PJ's cool. Uh, I just, I love Bolin. I think he's such a great character. Yeah. Yeah, because then they, he's just like, oh, well, I'm with Kuvira. She's doing great. Which is, like, my last bullet. Like, I don't know if he was stupid. Like, was he intelligent, I should say? Or, like, was he just, like, not seeing that because Kuvira was that good at keeping it from her people? I don't know. Naive? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just part of Mako's, like, asshole personality, Alexa. If you haven't seen the show, then, like probably won't make sense to you but yeah it's just part of his whole one of the things that we all point to is like why we don't really like him but i don't know i like bolin because he just like thinks he's not great and then but he actually is like you know he's able to lava bend that's rare too like lava bending we i do i don't think we saw that in avatar I don't think we saw that. Yeah, like, something happened with his character development that just kind of, I don't know, with the whole Kuvira thing, I think is where things got a little fuzzy with, with Bolin, especially after losing Opal. I mean, would he really let him, like, would he really lose Opal, like, after trying to chase her for that long? I don't know. But, um... Yeah, he's only used for comic relief, but, like, I I don't know, Bolin's so much more, and I love him for that. 
Uh, I like Pabu. I think Pabu's very cute. Pabu's not in this photo, though. But um, also, he's a... What do they call them? Movers? A mover star? With Varric? I don't know what was going on with that whole thing. But he is an actor and is famous for all of that stuff. But... Um, people care, compare him to Sokka so much because the creators compare him to Sokka so much. <laughs> um, yeah. Jack Jack said that on one of the streams one day. He said that he was at Nickelodeon for something and PJ was also there. And Brian introduced them to each other and said, hey, your characters are the same. They're not. I don't think they're the same at all. But you know, they are used for comic relief, but they all have their own purposes. You know, and Sokka's purpose was, you know, it's there. He's usually the smartest guy in the room. And he can get a lot of shit done and still be funny. Bolin, I think, had a lot of potential. The actor thing, I guess that was just him trying to find what he was good at. Um, as, like, another storyline. To fill in whatever. Uh... But at the end, he is a good bender, and, you know, he shouldn't doubt himself for that. I like the whole him and Varric escaping Kuvira and them having to get all the way back to Republic City. That was fun. Yeah, exactly. Bolin is the complete opposite. I don't think they're alike at all. I think the, their purposes, comic relief, is really the only thing that ties them together. Um, but yeah, used as a ploy for love triangle is very sad. Very, very sad. Asami Sato, my girl. I keep burping. Oh my god. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to drink more water. But she is a hot one. Yes. Uh, she's the only one that has a last name besides the Beifongs. And it sounds really great. It's like Asami Sato. Like. Just, it flows. It flows. I love it. Asami Sato is beautiful. She's hot as shit, and she's rich. Thank you, Scoopy. I will do that again. We love Asami. Um. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. I also like the fact that she's a non-bender, but is still powerful. Still... Like, equal in terms of, like, being with Koromako and Bolin. Kind of like, you know, Sokka would doubt himself at times being a non-bender. But, like, you know, meeting with Pandao and just there's other things going on with him. Like, being very smart, like Asami. Like, there's still, you don't have to be a bender to be great. And I think that's something that Asami was there for, uh, you know, with her business taking over after her shit dad, you know, was involved with the whole uh, equalist movement, which, I mean, I don't know if you think, we'll talk about the equalist movement. Like, did you, did they have a point? Because benders and non-benders should be equal. And I don't know. And again, imbalance, they, they hint at it, you know, benders... Benders were very upset that uh, non-benders were taking jobs from them, like, using technology. So, 
I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about the equalist movement. I'd like to hear about that too. Internalized misogyny could be. Yeah, because this female businesswoman, she's smart. Um, women in business. She's able to take over her dad, have all these inventions, and still be really fucking pretty. <laughs> and gorgeous. And, uh, you know, a great friend. And just... I don't know. There's just so much to like. I really like Asami, but she it's exactly what I think. What's what is his name? Hiroshi, I think is what it is. I have yes, Hiroshi Sato. That's what it was. Um, he literally looks like fucking Teddy Roosevelt. He does have a. I guess he redeems himself in the end when he gets, sacrifices himself for her. I don't know. Uh, but Asami was not supposed to stick around for a little while. You know when um, her dad gives her the glove and is like, "Join me, join the equal." She takes it and then she electrocutes him. That was originally supposed to be her joining his side and and re and not joining his side, like being a double agent, I guess, like purposely running into Mako purposely befriending all of them and Korra uh, to, you know, trap them, turn all of them against her, all of that stuff. But they liked Asami so much that they just kind of changed that entire plotline. And I'm, I'm kind of happy about it. I like it. I also really like her and Korra together. Am I not on the right page? Okay, I'm not. Okay. Who's up? Tenzin. I think he's named after the Dalai Lama. Right? Isn't the current Dalai Lama's name, like, Tenzin? Isn't there a lot of drama right now with the Dalai Lama? What's his name? Why can't I find it? Tenzin Gyatso, yes! Hey, we know a Gyatso, don't we? I like Tenzin. I don't like him saying that everything is up to him when he has two siblings that were exposed to Aang and airbending culture. But that was another thing I, that Sarah brought up. You know, maybe Aang didn't handle that whole thing correctly and, and they highlight it a little bit. Uh, you know, it wasn't all up to Tenzin and that's really a big burden to put on him. The fact that he needed to reproduce so much to make more airbenders and keep the culture alive, I guess. Uh, but that, I don't know. Aang being a bad father to his other kids, that's a very interesting plot point. I don't know. But that's why I put favorite child. Because in the book, Legacy, it's written to Tenzin. There's, I don't even think there's a mention of his siblings in there. I don't know. I don't remember. But I, I liked Tenzin. I think he's a badass airbender when he, even though he does not win, the fact that he fights off the Red Lotus at the air temple. That was a great scene. He's like, as long as I am breathing, it's never over. That was huge. I thought that was a great line. I think he's great. But he is very serious, uh, very opposite of his brother, Bumi. And I think he needs to find a balance between like having fun, but also getting shit done. Um, it would have been interesting to see Core Channel Aang and them have a talk in spirit world or spirit world. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting that he got to see Aang in the fog. That was a cool scene. That was cool. That just show. I, I feel like that shows Tenzin's connection to Aang. 
in a way, or the spirit world in general. Maybe it was because he was already in there. I don't know. That was cool. But I think Tenzin's a really powerful airbender. Bring him pictures of Spider-Man and he'll be happy. Scoopy, I don't think he knows who Spider-Man is. Uh, he dated Lin Beifong and uh, broke up with her because Pema said, Hey, I like you while he was dating Lin. And he broke up with Lin and she destroyed their air temple island. And I would have loved to see that. That would have been great to see. That would have been great to see. Speaking of Lin. I love Lynn. I think Lynn's great. She's also a cop because she thinks that's what Toph would have wanted. I don't know if Lynn has a whole lot of friends. Seems like she's working a lot and I think if she had a lot a lot of friends to hang out with, maybe she would have been more fun. I don't know. I I think she is a fun person, but because of how Toph was like guys, do whatever you want growing up, maybe she didn't know how to have fun. I don't know. But she is a bad bitch. She's one of the baddest, I think. She, the fact that when she sacrifices herself to Amon, oh my god. Oh, so heartbreaking. That, that was... It was sad to see her get her bending taken away. That was sad. But she's a good metal bender, even though Toph says she's not that great. But she and Toph have their own issues, I think. Uh, you know, not knowing who her father is, uh, you know, Toph not really caring, you know, what it is that she and, uh, Suyin did, um, but it seems like they resolve a lot of stuff in book four when Toph comes around. I don't know. But yeah, she got dumped. She's also buff as fuck, and she's voiced by Mindy Sterling. I think Mindy's great. I've been watching iCarly again, and Mindy is, uh, she plays Miss Briggs, so... She's great. She has a Randy Jackson obsession. Posted on my on my Instagram the other day. That is such an interesting storyline. I don't know. Minnie Serlin's great. She's been on Nickelodeon for a really long time, so I think it's cool that she also got to voice voice her. Uh some of my other favorites. Just some. Not all of them are on here. But Kubira, I love Zelda, and I I really like Kubira. Varric, I think, is my favorite character. Even though he, like, starts out really shitty, I just think he's so funny. I think it's, he's so funny, and people also think that uh, she, or he is, I saw, there's a lot of theories as to who Sokka and Suki's kids are. Um, uh, People were saying that he's Sokka's kid. People were saying that uh, Korra's mom was Sokka's kid. Uh, bottom right is Wu. Oh, I'm gonna... I can move my cam. Bottom right is Wu. I think Wu's funny. I just like when he dances and, like, sings with the badger moles. I just think it's really funny. He's so stupid. Uh, but I think he's funny. Amon, I mean, obviously a really good face painter. As, uh, Esna? Desna? Eska. Oh my god, I blended her and her brother's names together. Oh my gosh. She's funny. She's funny. Also, I feel like they don't talk about this, but, like, she had- she and her brother had to step up to be rulers of the Northern Water Tribe, and their dad died- 
That's so sad. But the whole Bolin thing was very funny. That's funny. Uh, Kaya and Boomy, I mean, obviously, they're great. I wish we could have seen more. I wish we could have seen more. Yes, how they introduce Kuvira. She's there. She's there the entire time. Um, and then when she goes and saves Korra's dad, it's like, I'm Kuvira. We're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like then was like, hey, we got a, a season four. <laughs> uh, Zahir, I mean, I y'all know I love him a lot. And Opal. I think Opal is just so cute. She's so cute. She's so pretty. So pretty. I think she's so cute. And also Wu. I think Wu is just a very, a very funny person. Um, I also really like the ideas of Wu and Mako being together. I don't know what you guys think about that. I think those are, are funny ideas. Uh, I could see it. I could see it. But yeah, Julie. I love Julie. Julie's great. She's awesome. So who are your favorite characters in Korra? Do you have one? Looks like we're getting a lot of love from Varric and Julie, and I understand it. This was when he proposed to her in book four. I love that they end up together. Their dynamic was just so funny. I loved them. You like Pabu? Yeah, Kaya does, like, kind of drop off. Makes me sad. Also, this necklace. Love that. But she is in the comics. She's there, I think. I think she's in the comics. I haven't read them. Because, again, I tried to order them, and uh, the store that I ordered from canceled it. So, I don't know if I'll ever get to read them. Maybe one day. I feel like that's, is this the end? Finn, yeah, it's the end. Uh, Opal, she's so cute, right? I think she's so cute. All right, end of presentation. Save, yeah, always remember to save. Save your stuff, everyone. So yeah, overall, I would say there are good and bad things from The Legend of Korra. But I love this whole world that they built. So I will never go as far as to say that I hate it. Because um, there are things that I really do like about it. Like, I, I love Bolin. I love Eric. Uh, but there are things that obviously can be improved. But what is everybody's overall opinion? Is there any long-lasting opinions you wanted to get out Anything you wanted to share? We're we're coming up on an hour and a half. That's all that I had today. I don't know if there's anything else other people wanted to share. I'm gonna see if there's anyone that we can read. Ooh, Hal's on. Okay. Good to know. But yeah, thanks again for coming. This is episode two. I'm forgetting what I'm talking about next week. So I'm going to look that up right now. I posted it in my Discord. If you guys aren't in my Discord, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Um no, I put I posted it in my Discord next week. Uh, we're doing Disney Channel original movies. We're doing DCOMs, guys. If there's any DCOMs you want to specifically talk about, let me know. I do have ideas as to which ones. <clears throat> nice school musical we're going to talk about. Um, oh yeah, animation was great. 
I like that they explored a lot of different kinds of animation styles. That was cool. Yes, DCOMs. We can talk- I was going to talk about them in general, but I was going to highlight specific ones, like High School Musical. Because... High School Musical. Yeah, overall, I would say it's it's good. A lot of things that could be improved, but that's that's about... Like, there are so many things that, like, a lot of shows can improve on. I would just say this one has a lot. <laughs> um... But yeah, people do give up. There are people out there that say that they're hardcore Avatar fans and just refuse to watch Korra. Um, Cheetah Girls, oh hell yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, Adrian Bailon is a queen. So we're going to talk about her. Um, yes, there's a lot. So if you're in my Discord, again, please shout it out in the Discord. This chat is not being saved. So put it in the Discord. We have a specific place called Discussion Topics if you want to go in there. Um, for specific movies. Um, so yeah, throw it in there. I will post it again. It's the first link, the Zucchini Squad one. Vibe Tribe is if you just want to be part of um, our Vibe Tribe stream team. Yeah, there's a lot of people in there just vibing, having fun. Uh, but my Discord is being primarily used for, for the podcast and like other... Other stuff specific to my my stream. But we are doing Disney Channel original movies next week. The week after that, we're doing The Golden Age of Nick, where we talk about, um, like, iCarly, Zoe 101, Drake and Josh, Amanda Show, things like that. And then the week after that, Cartoon Network, uh, we're going to be talking about, um, you know, Courage the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> Uh, Foster's Home of Imaginary Friends, which I really loved. And then March 13th is Disney cartoons, other things like that. Um, yeah, we can talk about SpongeBob as well. Sure. Anything. But yeah, next week, Disney Channel original movies. Yes, Foster's. We love Foster's Home of Imaginary Friends here. I love that show so much. It means a lot to me. I really love that show. And rounding out, like, towards the end of the podcast, I don't know how many episodes I'm going to do, but, like, ending the podcast, we're going to be talking about Harry Potter for a couple of weeks, and then Twilight is going to end it out. Um, yeah, Scooby. So I was listing out my, my list. So we're talking about Cartoon Network on March 6th. So um, that's when we'll be talking about Fosters. Um, but, yes. Thank you for coming to my podcast. I almost said TED Talk. This is not a TED Talk at all. Appreciate it. Hopefully I will see you guys next week for DCOMs. I need to find the original video that they do for Disney Channel original movies. <laughs> Maybe this was a TED Talk on Cora. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, wait. I was supposed to go find someone to raid. I want to see if there's any other talk shows. Talk shows and podcasts. I just want to see who else is talking. Why did you start streaming? I just want to see what other people's topics are. These are interesting. Reviewing Twitch streams. Oh my gosh. That's scary. So I'm going to review my Twitch stream like right then and there. Anime Random Volume 4. Anna Lounge. Let's oh, he's in French. I don't know if anybody speaks French in here. 
Uh, bye. Oh, thanks. Yeah, we're just gonna try and find someone to raid. Uh, Waffle Tower. There's a lot of podcasts on here. Holy crap. This is fun. These topics are crazy. Okay. Ooh. Oh, I'm not going to raid them. They're talking about WandaVision. I was going to go raid someone talking about WandaVision, but I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. If you haven't watched it yet, please go watch. Ooh, one about Pokemon. That sounds fun. 45 minutes, hungry dads. I just, I need to pick somebody. I need to pick someone. Someone's doing food. Cooking, the plush one. That's fun. Guys, if you haven't gone through this podcast or talk shows and podcasts, you should. This is really interesting. Okay, I can't pick anyone because I don't want to pick someone that's like going to spoil anything for you guys. All right, we will do the food one, the plush one. Let's go raid them. I'm not sure what he's, what they're doing, but we're going to go... We're gonna go raid them. All right. Thank y'all. You want food? Well, oh, I don't know what he's streaming. What is this? Oh, I got hit with an ad. All right. Well, I will see you guys next week. Decoms. Decoms. Be prepared. Share decoms, things like that. See y'all next week. Bye bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hang out live, be sure to follow me at twitch.tv slash Zuko's Bikini and join us every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. If you want to talk more with me and the Zucchino community, join our Discord. You can find the link in the podcast description or on my Twitch About Me page. If you want to suggest an episode topic, throw it in the Discord channel, or you can contact me on all of my socials, both on Twitter and Instagram at Zuko's Bikini. Lucid Dreaming intro and outro music provided by ESCP on freestockmusic.com. This podcast is recorded live from Twitch and uploaded from Anchor.